I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Good morning, everybody. It is Thursday, August 10th, 2023. I'm your host, Matt Deemer, and I am back today. I went on a road trip yesterday out of state. I promised you that I would have some comments on Ohio's election on issue one, and I'm going to do that right now. If you have any questions or comments, please do me a favor. Reach out to me, bookings at todayinweb3.com, and do me a favor, go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this podcast, and like, subscribe, share it with people, and leave us a nice comment. On Tuesday, Ohio had an election for issue one, and issue one was going to change the way that ballot initiatives went to the ballot, went to the Constitution, went to election day. It was going to change it from having 44 counties be involved to all 88 counties, and 5% of the people who voted for the governor in the last election have to sign on a petition to get something on the ballot. And then once it got to the ballot in November or on election day, instead of having a simple majority of 50 plus 1%, it was going to change to 60 plus 1%, which is going to make it harder for things to get into the Constitution. In my opinion, it was a way to stop a democratic process, at least slow it down. And I think that any way to slow down the democratic process for people to get out and vote, to say that they can change their Constitution or what laws are being enacted or enforced within their state or within their hometown or their region or their city, I think is a bad thing. I want more democracy, not less. A lot of people were and are saying that this is a referendum on abortion and gun laws and marijuana laws here in the state of Ohio. I think that's a partial truth, but not the whole truth. I think the whole truth is what we had is a single issue on the ballot. And when you're talking about issues and the issues reach across the aisle, they're not Democrat or Republican in its essence. This was an issue about how do you want your democracy to work? And Republicans and Democrats both came out and said, hey, we do not like this. And we want it to stay the same, the same way it's been for 113 years. So personally, I think this shows us something bigger. That issue by issue, we can agree on more than we disagree with. Or we can agree that this is a conversation to have, find the conversation, find a way to talk about it, have the debate, and then find solutions and results. And if we can take away the D and the R outside of these issues, these important things that we're all talking about, 
no matter what you're talking about. If we're talking about borders, we're talking about Ukraine, if we're talking about the opioid epidemic, if we're talking about national security, if we're talking about taxing and spending, if we can take the D and the R off of it and the perception that comes with them and talk about the issues, I think that people will be happier to vote, feel more ownership of the direction of their country, and feel that they have more input. What do you think? Bookings at todayinweb3.com. Let's get into today's crypto news. The United States Supreme Court has weighed in on the three-year lawsuit against Epic Games and tech giant Apple. And the United States Supreme Court has temporarily stopped a ruling by the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals from taking effect. Back in April, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals have found that Apple violated California's unfair competition law by not allowing iOS apps to provide users payment options outside the company's own in-app purchasing mechanisms. And basically, this delay will give Apple some more time to appeal the ruling to the Supreme Court and in the meantime, continue to enforce its current App Store rules that prohibit iOS apps from offering users information or links to external payment methods or marketplaces. Remember, Apple takes 30% of all in-app purchases. So if you have an app and you sell something for a dollar in that app, they get 30%. They get 30 cents and that's it. So you're going home with 70 and you still got to pay your taxes. You know, I think there's an interesting development that's happening right now. YouTube Premium, I'm a YouTube Premium subscriber, meaning I don't get any of the uh, ads and I also get YouTube Music, whatever. YouTube is one of my main sources for consuming content that in podcasts and I pay for premium. They sent me an email the other day and said that, hey, guess what? If you want to continue to sign up using Apple through the Apple App Store, through Apple subscriptions, using Apple Pay, it's going to cost you $18.99. However, if you sign up through us using Google Pay, then it's going to cost you $13.99. And I think that more companies are going to start doing this. They're going to start emailing their, their customers and saying, hey, you can sign up through Apple. That's fine. Or you can just sign up directly on our website. If you sign up through Apple, it's going to be convenient. You can use Apple Pay. It's going to go in your subscriptions tab on your iPhone. You can see what you're subscribed to every month, and you can control it month to month, which I personally like that convenience. However, it's going to start adding up. Five bucks here, three bucks here, maybe $10 here. And you're going to get those discounts by going somewhere else. I hope that this persists. It'll really give us competition and see what people want to pay for and what they don't. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. California Democratic Congresswoman Maxine Waters, who I just want to point out is 84 years old. She said, I'm deeply concerned with PayPal and that PayPal has chosen to launch its own stablecoin while there's still no federal framework for regulation, which is hilarious because that's literally your damn job. I will continue. She continued to say, given PayPal's size and reach, federal oversight and enforcement of this stablecoin is essential. As you guys know, PayPal unveiled its stablecoin on Monday 
which is issued on Ethereum by Paxos and is expected to rival the other incumbents of the stablecoin market, Tether and Circle, and try to chip away at that $125 billion market. The Fed Chair Jerome Powell has said that the federal government should play a robust role in regulating stablecoins. Representative Waters concluded saying, As our central bank, the Federal Reserve handles monetary policy and our money supply, and they must be able to do their job. And I'm going to go on and say, why don't you do your job? Look, I understand that there is going to be issues with stablecoins. You know, Terra Luna, the algorithmic stablecoin, has left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth. And I understand that we want to make sure that we're auditing these stablecoins, making sure they're backed one-to-one with the U.S. dollar with appropriate assets. Get the law passed. Make them register. If you're using a stablecoin that fuels our United States economy backed by the United States dollar, yes, there needs to be regulation. But don't sit here and harp on and saying that this is a stupid move by PayPal when you didn't even pass the laws. Pass the damn law. And stop using this as political talking points to make sure that you rally up your base on this new fear that you're trying to perpetuate on the American people. Just do the job and get the law passed. The SEC, they signaled on Wednesday that they're going to appeal the court decision that found XRP is not a security. The SEC is asking an appellate court to review decisions that took place while the case is still ongoing. The SEC said an appellate review is warranted as a number of SEC actions may be impacted. If you guys don't remember, this is based off the Howey test. And the Howey test has four prongs to decide what or what is not a security. It has to be one, an investment in money, two, in a common enterprise, three, with expectations of profit, and four, to be derived from the efforts of others. What's interesting about this case is that Judge Torres found that maybe the second and third prong of the Howey test might not fit when it comes to the relationship between XRP and Ripple. She said that XRP buyers could not expect Ripple's efforts from their investment money because they didn't even know that it was Ripple that they were giving their money to. And basically, she's saying that there is no expectations of profit in a common enterprise, which I think is very interesting because, okay, let me, let me use this example. I don't know if it's a good example or not, but let me use this example. Let's just say Chips Ahoy coin was launched, right? And everybody aped into Chips Ahoy coin. Everybody likes that American chocolate chip cookie, crunchy. They also have Chewy, but Chips Ahoy brand token is now launched. You want Chips Ahoy token to go moon. And you're expecting it to go moon because, well, you like Chips Ahoy. But what the judge is saying here is just because you bought Chips Ahoy token doesn't mean that it's actually going to moon because, because Nabisco owns Chips Ahoy. And most people, just because there's a subsidiary brand owned by a bigger company, doesn't mean that you actually know that Nabisco owns Chips Ahoy. So people who buy Chips Ahoy token just because they like Chips Ahoy cookies and they want Chips Ahoy to moon, doesn't mean they're expecting Nabisco to pump their bags. However, if this is what she is saying, it does open up the possibility for these brand subsidiaries, like for example, Nabisco owns Chips Ahoy, to start launching Chips Ahoy tokens because with this ruling, it means that we can launch a Chips Ahoy token, have 20% or 30% of the circulating supply, and pump the Chips Ahoy bags, and now have this disconnect between Nabisco and Chips Ahoy. That seems like a pretty big disconnect, yeah? I mean, why wouldn't they do that? Well, if they're going to do that with Chips Ahoy, might as well do it with cheese nips, rice thins, saltines, Ritz crackers, Oreos, Nutter Butter, and some Teddy Grahams. I would ape into some Teddy Grahams token. And so, did they just create a multi-billion dollar market cap from all kinds of tokens? Because there's no way that I can ape into Teddy Grahams and know that Nabisco owns Teddy Grahams. And there's no expectation that Nabisco used my Teddy Graham money to pump my bags. Do I got that right? And if I do have that right, 
This ruling could open up a big can of worms. What do you think? Bookings at todaywebthree.com. Our French buddies over there. France has amended their registration requirements for crypto firms to better align with the European Union's new regulations. The Markets and Crypto Assets Regulation, or the MICA Regulation, is the new standard for digital assets in the EU. This enhanced registration requirements are set to take place on January 1st of 2024 and will be mandatory for all new players looking to provide regulated services, said France's financial regulator, the AMF. And finally, the most interesting news of the day. In a July report from cybersecurity certification platform CER, found that only 6 of 45 cryptocurrency wallet brands, or 13.3%, have undergone penetration testing to find security vulnerabilities. That is surprising. Of these, only half have performed tests on latest versions of their new products. So they're rating this as a score from 0 to 100, 100 being the best, 0 being absolutely the worst, and desktop wallets on average scored 48. Mobile wallets are a little bit better at 51. And contrary to misconceptions, desktop extensions are 58 out of 100 in, in terms of security. So as we know, the Atomic Wallet fell victim to a sophisticated hack resulting into an estimated 35 to $100 million of various cryptocurrencies stolen. But despite having similar downloads as Atomic Wallet, some wallets had considerably higher security scores according to their rating. Exodus, 69 out of 100. IM Token, 67 out of 100. Token Pocket, 62. And Koinami, 47. There's always the debate that open source is better than closed. I mean, open, everybody could audit. Closed, you don't know what's happening with the code or the back end. Well, they found the difference between security between fully and partially open source is insignificant. Yet, fully open source wallets have considerably higher risks of getting hacked than closed. And so in their study, they found that five open source wallets had experienced security incidents. Edge, MyEther Wallet, Electrum, Ledger Live, and Trezor. So the real question is, what are the most secure wallets? MetaMask is number one with a 96 out of 100 score. And that doesn't matter if it's Edge, Chrome, Brave, Firefox. They're all 96 out of 100. Next, 83 out of 100, Zengo. Next, Rabi. Never heard of it, but I guess Brave and Chrome has a Rabi extension. Next, Trust Wallet, 75 out of 100. But their iOS and their Android apps are 73 out of 100. Coinbase Wallet is batting 71 out of 100. Exodus Wallet is 69 out of 100, as you heard earlier, and Ledger Live for iOS and Linux is 68 out of 100. Link is in the show notes if you want to see where your wallet lines up. Now let's see those crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. And the time is 10.25 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have Fear Greed Index sitting at 52. Neutral. Moving sideways, Bitcoin is sitting at $29,590, down 0.7% in 24. Ethereum is at $1,857, pretty much even. Tether's number three, Binance is at 242 down 0.7%, and XRP is down 3.3% at 63.3 cents. Running off the top 10, we have USDC, Dogecoin, Cardano, Solana, and Tron. The total market cap is down a half percent at $1.18 trillion. We have a BTC dominance of 48.8 and an ETH dominance of 18.9. And we have CPI reports coming out today. It rose to 3.2% in July, 0.2% over the previous July. So inflation went up slightly. Shouldn't make much of a difference, but a lot of people are using this as political terms now saying like, look, CPI is still on the rise. It's like 0.2%. I know that the Fed wants to get down to 2%, but we are far off from where it was just a couple years ago at 8%, 9%. So... We're heading in the right direction, right? 
lot of people are saying that it's not over, though, and they're going to have to raise rates again. Any thoughts on this? Again, bookings at todayinweb3.com. Until tomorrow, for more crypto news and Asia focus, happy hodling, everyone.